This is the Shift Daily Podcast. This is John Jang in for Shane. Jason Manow is the content producer. Ray Luck is our technical producer, keeping us alive on the air and afloat, keeping the show in tip-top shape. And it's a great pleasure to say that I am now joined by our good friend and a friend of the show, Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio. Good evening to you, Dave. How you doing? Doing it's pretty- good to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here with us. I'm doing quite well. And uh, the first question for you, Dave, I got to ask you this because we heard it in the all-night headlines. A man in Calgary yes. was vacationing in the central Okanagan, and he thought he saw, yet again, the great mysterious Ogopogo. And boy, I'm glad that it came, to- came up in our headlines tonight because now we get to bring it up right with you, Dave. So first question, Ogopogo, is it real? What do we know about it? Well, I, I still think it's a sturgeon. I totally think it's a sturgeon, and nothing will convince me otherwise because I have heard stories of, of this thing having wings and flying from <laughs> lake to lake around the Okanagan. It's been crazy. I, I need to ask you a favor, if you don't mind. Sure. Because my music is about to come on here in about, in about oh, 10 seconds here. And, okay. And, and so, I, you know, Ogopogo... Uh, you know, you guys will get to hear my music because it kind of rocks a little bit. Hold on. Sure. Let's, yeah, okay. Listen to, listen to this. That's the way we're going to do it here. Just jump right in. John Ogopogo, latest sighting. There's a lot of people who think this is a sea serpent. There's a lot of people who believe that this Ogopogo is some sort of creature that lives in the dark depths and caves and caverns of Okanagan Lake, which is if you're if you've never seen Okanagan Lake, it is black. Hmm. It's not blue water. It's not a nice lake. It is black water. I had the privilege a number of years ago when I was taking my broadcast practicum. You know, you go to BCIT to uh, go to uh, broadcasting school. They make you take a practicum for your final part of your course. Absolutely. So I did mine in Kelowna in Kelowna at CKOV radio and i got to fly in a helicopter over the lake that was the highlight for me and it is dark man that lake is freaky dark Hmm. and so could there be something hanging out there yes but the logical answer to that is not a sea creature but in my opinion it is a large great sturgeon a white sturgeon that we see you know can grow up to 14 to 18 feet uh, they've been seen in the Fraser River. They grow up to, you know, 1,100, 1,200, 1,400 pounds. And, you know, a lot of the scales on the back that people will see, the sturgeon have ridges as well. It's prehistoric looking. If it pops its head out of the water, that's what I think we're looking at. I don't think, I, I hate to break the people's hearts, but I don't <laughs> think we're looking for it. And trust me, man, I've seen a lot of weird stuff, a lot of weird stuff. But when it comes to Ogo <laughs> That's my opinion. Well, because you know, don't forget, don't forget, Okanagan Lake actually, actually is the start of the Columbia River, right. which flows eventually in between Washington State and Oregon. It's a good point, and, and and I will say that a sturgeon is a very solid guess if you're going to come up with a logical answer as to what this might be, because it, it does fit the description points that people have been saying for years, and maybe even over a hundred years. But we got these text messages saying that, oh, it is real. Stephen North Van saying that uh, <laughs> it's my mother-in-law. So for, you know, maybe the Ogopogo oh, it could be mine. Could be mine. <laughs> maybe the Ogopogo is basically what you make it to be, and that's the best part about living in this 
slice of the world, isn't it? Is that there's so many great myths and mysteries out there that have grown Absolutely. its own legs over the years. And uh, because it, it, it's become urban legend, it always adds a new element every time it's passed down to a new generation. Well, let me throw another caveat in there. And I was just talking to a gentleman named Stan Gordon right beforehand, and we were talking about the legendary Thunderbird. This is like a 20 to 40 foot bird. Could you imagine the size droppings this thing has? You know, I would never, I'm never going to keep my car clean again, just in case this thing is real, but people are still seeing it and around Pennsylvania where Stan is, they just saw this, but here's the other issue. Okay. We know dinosaurs existed. All right. Up until a few hundred thousand years ago. I mean, yes, they evolved. The big dinosaurs died off millions of years ago. And then there's been evolution to other creatures since then. What if just what if the person actually saw a sea serpent in the lake, Mm -hmm. but maybe a portal opened up and they were able to see back in time? Interesting. Interesting, because, uh, I mean, I've heard about the Thunderbird here in this area of the world because it's so closely connected with indigenous culture and and the fact that uh, their stories have them described as as exactly what you said, those giant birds, uh, what was it, 40 feet in length? And it's become so closely tied with how they perceive, if I'm not mistaken, certain times, like the weather conditions, depending on the mood of the Thunderbird, certain ways that you can please the Thunderbird and how they become uh, so associated with what they were doing with their day-to-day lives absolutely absolutely and and there is possibility of that and and when it comes to first nations indigenous type of legends Mm -hmm. we have to take those with a little bit of seriousness look there's a lot of people out there especially the scientific community who is like well they're just legends. we don't worry about that we don't study legends these are the creatures that are on this planet but these are stories that have been passed down for centuries millennia Mm-hmm. All right. And if we don't pay attention to those and the events that occurred around them, we may be missing out on some very, very interesting and potentially real cryptid information. Very good points. I mean, uh, that's why uh, if you have friends that are anthropologists, it's honestly great to have conversations with them because they will tell you all these things that we don't really get to discuss all the time in everyday life. But those that are studying extensively into those particular uh, you know, fields, it's very, very exciting to see like, OK, what happened here and how is it impacting life here today? And what are we seeing? Okapogo. OK, does that trail back to something that happened all those years ago in a completely different culture? It's all connected in that sense. Dave, though, you know, it, it, here we are mid-October, Halloween just around the corner. I'm sure that yes. this is maybe like one of the spookiest times of year, not just because, you know, people are decorating their homes and all those things, but because, you know, there's that belief that it's this time of year, you know, certain full moons come out. This is when energies really start to collect. And those energies can oh. lead to some very dark and sometimes dangerous things. Absolutely. If you are, if you are somebody who is deciding to pull out the Ouija board, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, because 95% of you never close off the board and say goodbye. And then people like me and other ghost hunters out there have to go up and clean the mess that you have created by making your home and possibly yourself haunted. Mm. You know, it, it is true. You know, every October and the more popular that this uh, holiday, can we call it a holiday now? Sure. Halloween? Yeah. You know, the more popular it becomes the more we are seeing people all of a sudden become amateur ghost hunters, amateur seances, and everything along that ilk, okay? We hear the good ghost stories, you know, everything from, I, I think, every major city across Canada and North America 
for a lot of my listeners, has the same ghost, which is a lady in white on the on the uh, street corner looking to get picked up and get a ride home. You pull over to pick her up, and she disappears while right. you're driving in your car. Oh, happens all over the place. Happens in Vancouver. It happens in Toronto. It happens absolutely everywhere. But the big thing that a lot of people need to understand out there is the paranormal is nothing to mess with. All right. Even paranormal investigators today, and trust me, about 98% of them out there are what we call weekend warriors in this field, which means (laughs) they just go for the thrill of the hunt and get a good spook. But the 2% that are actually working hard to try and figure out, is there life after death? What are ghosts? What are spirits? What are entities? Why are places haunted? All right. They are the ones who, who really push the fact that this is dangerous. And it doesn't sound dangerous because of horror movies or Hasbro or Parker Brothers, whoever is making a Ouija board. And, you know, you're not supposed to conjure up spirits unless you're age eight or up. Hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that go along with it. But the majority of people out there don't understand how real it is. You can be attacked. You can have a spirit attached to you. Right. Uh, there was a there was a recent article of a Canadian lady who took a piece of artifact from Pompeii. I believe it was a piece of tile. She took it home, and the next thing you know, she's been cursed the last fifteen years. Yeah. And sent a note and sent a note back to with the with the item back to Pompeii, apologizing and asking the spirits of whatever it was to remove the curse. This happens with Robert the Doll down in Florida. You say you you hear people and they have a giant wall of people who have sent postcards and letters begging Robert this doll for forgiveness because they took a picture of Robert without permission. Oh. All right. So there's a lot of little stories like this that the paranormal can be scary. I I am someone who has been attacked by a ghost. It's not fun. I don't know how I got the 300 yards to my friend in order to help him, you know, he was a shaman, to help him clear me of it. It was terrible. Right. No idea. 300 yards I walked, and I had no idea how I got there. Well, thankfully you did. Thankfully you did so that we can be joined by you every week to talk about things like this. It's Dave Scott, Spaced Out Radio. I'll ask you really quickly, Dave, we got about 60 seconds here, but how about when ghosts and spirits test you? Because there's this myth in, or I guess like an urban legend in Korea, which is where I'm from, where uh, a man is driving down the road and he sees a hitchhiker, but this hitchhiker, she's got long, dark black hair. She's kind of scary looking, so he just drives past and doesn't pick her up. A few minutes later, again, another hitchhiker. This time she's young, she's beautiful. You know, she's flagging him down, So he pulls over and he gets her in the car, starts driving along. They have a bit of a conversation. But at some point, she asks him, why didn't you pick me up the first time? And he's confused. And he says, what what, what are you talking about, huh? And then she says, why didn't you pick me up the first time? He looks over at her and it's the woman from the first time. In fact, it was a spirit that was testing him to see if he was judging essentially a book by its cover. What What are those experiences about? Oh, those, uh, you know, there's a legend of the of the, the what they call the hags in, in the paranormal. I think I'm getting that term right, mm. where it's it's like a witch that, that screeches and cowers. A lot of times it will follow you around and, and try and attach itself to you. You know, it almost plays the role of like a succubus, you know, where yeah. it tries to get you to fall in love or, or preys on your instincts or something along those lines. Don't pick up any hitchhikers. They may be ghosts. (laughs) It's plain and simple, my friend. It's plain and simple. Leave the ghosts alone. Don't play with Ouija boards leading up to Halloween. 
And, you know, if you want some paranormal, I will say this. You know, I realize with COVID, there's a, and coming into Halloween, there's a lot of people who have a lot of intrigue about paranormal. There are a lot of good groups out there. If you're interested in getting to know a paranormal team, like uh, if they're good, if they're not, just give us a shout over at Spaced Out Radio. We'll be able to help you out because there's always intrigue mm-hmm. and there's always little projects going on where people are looking for volunteers who want to learn more about the paranormal. Absolutely, especially at this time of year. That is Dave Scott. You can check him out, of course, as always, spacedoutradio.com. Thanks so much for this, Dave. We'll connect with you next week. Take care, John. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. We just had this great conversation about Girl Guide cookies, right? They're now available online. And uh, I should mention Roadhammer texting in saying that London Drugs will also be selling Girl Guide cookies. So you don't necessarily have to go online. But if you feel like doing it anyways, there you go. $5 a box. Uh, You got to order at least four boxes minimum to get that order through online. But it's good to know that they're still being sold at retail locations all over. So great. Uh, Ray, you mentioned you're not the biggest fan of Girl Guy Cookies, but you just spoke with Sharon uh, from Hamilton on the phone, and she had a very interesting experience, or at least a very interesting procedure with how she eats these cookies. Yeah, not as not as individual cookies. She would crumble them up, put it on a, a mint is what she prefers, okay. and mint crumpled up onto a cheesecake and then pour some Baileys on top. That is changing the game. That is, because I probably wouldn't eat the cookie as as is, but right. putting it on as a topping, huh. I would love that. Like I was telling you, Oreos, I just don't like Oreos, but in a DQ Blizzard, oh, that is amazing. You got a point there. Blizzards, but Blizzards are amazing. Like yeah, just Blizzards straight on their up, own. Straight up. But crushing the cookies down and using it essentially as like a like a condiment, right? You're like you're 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 flavoring something else yeah like a cheesecake for in this like that's just it's kind of mind-blowing because i guess i'm just a barbarian i would just like oh cookie me eat eat Mm, 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 mm. good cookie go down to stomach like i I never would have thought about like taking that extra step of i don't know crushing it and then using it as an accessory to something else that is ingenious and i thank sharon for giving us a call with that particular uh like method because now I did say I'm going to buy these cookies. I will have to try that. I don't know if I'm going to get the mint cookies, but I will try and, you know, crunch up the chocolate ones and see where I can make it apply. I did get a slice of pumpkin pie from leftover Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe that's something I can experiment with. I, I don't think you can crumple uh, the vanilla one. I think it is chocolate and mint. Those two are the ones that are... They serve better as a topping. I don't know. Vanilla? I don't know. There's no rules. There's no rules. Girl Guide Police going to kick down my door? Probably. (laughs) What do you think you're doing, punk? Uh, We got this one from Robert in Winnipeg saying, I like this story about a girl who had set up her cookie stand outside of a cannabis dispensary. She sold out in like 15 minutes. You know what, Robert? That right there is a future CEO. That right there is savvy business sense. And maybe she got strategic placement thanks to her parents. But knowing your market, knowing your audience and your target demographic, that is rule number one of savvy business work. And I love that she at least had the forethought to position her business, I'm calling it a business, in front of a cannabis dispensary. Because you know what? It, it, it worked. Clearly sold out very quickly. Sold out very quickly. Uh, we've got this one from Eric chiming in with another advice. I wonder how much the big box stores are going to actually take from Girl Guides. At least 20% better buying the cookies directly from them online. For example, I deliver at DoorDash uh, part-time. Their cut is at least 20%. It's a good point. It's a very good point. In fact, earlier this morning, Premier Doug Ford in Ontario has been um, asking or requesting 
that food delivery services like DoorDash, Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, all those uh, delivery services, that they cut those delivery surcharges on local small businesses to make it easier for them to deal with, of course, a loss of business right now, as most restaurants are dealing with uh, reduced capacity in store. And, you know, you can do delivery, you can do takeout. But if you aren't de- like if you aren't actually offering your own delivery drivers, then you're usually outsourcing to companies like DoorDash. And there is that 20 percent cut, which is just too much for a lot of those small businesses. So I do uh, I approve and I appreciate that Premier Ford is thinking about the small businesses and trying to help them out. Um, yeah. Sorry, got a little off trap. Off topic there, sidetracked, but that's okay. 877-399-9898. John texting and saying, hey, can you talk like Cookie Monster for the last hour of the show? Um, no, I mean, it's kind of what you did. I, I, I guess that's true. Like my barbarian turned out to be cookie monster. I guess I, I, I just worry. I worry that my bosses will hear it and be like, what the heck are you doing? You're taking it out of context. <laughs> you got to listen to all four hours. You got to listen show. to the whole show. John asked me to do it. John, I swear. Hi, John. Uh, we got this one uh, saying crushed vanilla Girl Guide cookies and chocolate ice cream. Ah, My mind so you're turning it around. Has okay. been blown. Yeah. Because okay. I was thinking, you know, vanilla on something that's already maybe somewhat bland will mm-hmm. be doubly bland. But if you take something that's blandish, vanilla crumpled, onto chocolate. Vanilla is not can... bland, man. Uh, vanilla is... is rock solid. Vanilla is a base. It is the most popular flavor in ice cream. Right, because you can you can do you, you I mean, first of all you can just enjoy the vanilla as yeah. you should, but you can use it to like add other things. You're to right; it. it is a base like crushed toss. up vanilla girl guy cookies. Yeah, double like the fun. Blizzards like DQ blizzards are based on you know just vanilla, vanilla ice cream. Ice cream first yeah. of all, anyway, that is the base. Yeah, okay, it's a good point. All right, uh, we got this one. Stephen Northan saying the girl guys should sell ginger snaps. I could get behind that. I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't know if they have any interest in expanding their their menu. It's a pretty short, you know, traditional menu for Girl Guide cookies. But maybe, just maybe, they would be increasing their revenue stream by thinking about expanding their menu. Uh, we've got this one from Dan saying, John, you definitely need to try that pumpkin pie with maple syrup on it. Just take one bite, put a little bit of syrup on it, see if you like it. Wow, man, like... Tonight has been a revelation in terms of me finding out how boring I am with food. Because again, my barbarian roots, oh, pumpkin pie, I just eat, nom, 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 good, down to the stomach, there you go. Like again, I don't ever think about using maple syrup on pumpkin. Thank you, I will give it a try. I actually have genuine, authentic maple syrup at home, not that, uh, not that fake stuff. So yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll promise you that and I'll report back tomorrow, see what it's like. All right, 877-399-9898. Nine eight. Keep those reactions coming, whether it's about cookies, whether it's about Good News Tuesday, or anything else you've been hearing on the show so far. If you got a tech question, I'm not an expert, but I did talk with an expert. Maybe I can help answer some of those questions. 877-399-9898. But here's an interesting thing that was announced this morning from the CSA, the Canadian Space Agency announcing that Canada has officially joined the Artemis Accords. It's a U.S.-led mission to send human explorers back to the moon. That's right. This is a 20-year commitment made by Canada, joining other space agencies, of course, including NASA, but also joining with forces from Australia, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom, Luxembourg, and the United Arab Emirates, who have all signed this particular pact. And it's very exciting because as you can imagine, uh, you know, it's been a long time since man has been back on the moon, but it's not about sending a man back to the moon. 
This mission is going to send its first woman to the moon, which I think is great. And obviously, they want to get this done as soon as possible. Their ambitious project goal to get this accomplished would be 2024. So in the next four years, we could be watching and witnessing the first time a woman lands on the moon. And of course, giving us that iconic time-standing phrase like Neil Armstrong did, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That will go down in history as one of the greatest phrases of all time. I'm curious to see what the phrase from the first woman on the moon would be like. But I bring this topic up to you, not just because it's cool, not just because it's spacey, but because I'm curious, yes, there's a part of me that wonders what is going to be on the moon, right? What is on the dark side of the moon? And in this particular project for the Artemis Accords, they are going to be discovering or rather exploring the southern regions of the moon, pr- places that have not been previously discovered. And they're going to keep the previous landing sites intact and they won't touch them at all. A part of me is curious. Of course, it's the moon. We see it all night, every night, and we wonder like, oh, what would it be like to be up there? However, I'll be honest, I am way more curious what might exist and lurk at the bottom of our oceans. Marianas Trench, what is down there? Because I know, based on things I've seen on the internet, the internet is true, deep sea creatures are mind-blowingly like scary, freaky in appearance, right? They have to look certain ways in order to survive. There's no light so some sea creatures, as we know, have like their own built-in like lamps. And, and it, some sea creatures, they have to deal with the fact that there's not much food down there. So they can go years sometimes without eating. I want to know what's lurking at the bottom of our oceans. What secrets are being kept by Poseidon? That, if somebody's coming up with a project for that, And I know it's probably like impossible because, of course, as you get deeper into the water, water pressure rises. Our human bodies, our tiny little meat bags can barely handle that. But certainly with the way that technology is advancing, that is a project I would love to, you know, just be all over. If I can like start a fundraiser or go fund me or something, I'd be all over it. I'm curious to know what you think. What is where does your curiosity lie? Are you more interested to know what is on, like, the unexplored regions of the moon or the deep, dark secrets that lurk at the bottom of the ocean? Could be pirate's gold. You never know. It could be the lost city of Atlantis. It could be a portal. I don't know. Dave Scott would probably say something like that. Spaced out radio host. He'd be like, yeah, there's a portal that'll lead you to whoever knows. I don't know. Nobody knows. And that fascinates us. Like, honestly, maybe sometimes that keeps me up at night. What lurks at the bottom of our ocean? Producer Ray, like, to put you on the spot here, are you a moon guy or are you an ocean guy? What a weird question. But, yeah, I'm phrasing it that way. It's like a first date. Uh, these, are, <laughs> these are places I will never go. First, I'm claustrophobic. So uh, putting on, like, a tight suit and going to the depths of the sea doesn't, uh, doesn't interest me. Going on the moon, it's dark and scary. Even when you were talking about the ghost stories, I'm like looking over my back. So I I get frightened easily, and none of those appeal to me. But I think the ocean would be more interesting than the moon. Right? The moon is just, I will, you will not be shocked if you saw what you saw in the southern part of the moon is the exact same of all the explored parts of the moon. Right. It would be boring. Like there's moon rocks. Yeah. There's craters from impacted like meteors and asteroids and all that stuff. Like I'm not expecting you're going to find something mind blowing Mm -hmm. and life changing and game changing. Like it's, it's the moon. Like we, we've been there before. Yeah. 
we have never been to the bottom of the ocean. So that's where the that's where the mystery is to me. Like like you said, it keeps you up at night thinking about what's in the depths. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Dwayne in Calgary chiming in. 877-399-9898. Gotta agree with you, John. Deep sea exploration is way more interesting than going back to the moon. Exactly. Exactly. The ocean keeps its secrets. No longer. Not while I'm around. I will get the movement started. Dan also chiming in. Mariana's Trench is so much more interesting to me. The life down there is beyond bizarre. Precisely. Like, think about all the strange sea creatures. Think about, you know, even, even put it this way. Like, the whole Bermuda's Triangle thing. That exists in the ocean or, like, you know, on the ocean, whatever. There are some things so strange about the way the tides work and the seas work. Like, I just got to know. I got to know. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm 30 years old. Assuming that I, I live, like, a normal life expectancy. Like, what is that? Like, 85, 90, around there. Hopefully, in my lifetime, we'll get some answers. If Canada can get behind a deep-sea exploration project, that's what I would love to be talking about. Don't get me wrong, though. The moon thing is cool. First woman on the moon? Yes, sign me up to that. That's, that's awesome. That's obviously a great step forward for mankind. But we've been there. We've done that. It's old news. It, it feels like it's just like it's, it's a repeat. It's like a, a rebooting of a franchise, of a TV show that's already been done before. I'm just saying. 877-399-9898. Alberta Trucker Brian texting in. Dude, you just described Ringo Starr talking about him and his running around in an octopus garden. Interesting. <laughs> Stephen Northman says, but who cares about this? We need to get rid of COVID-19. I agree with you. Nobody's saying that getting rid of COVID-19 is unimportant. But if Canada is signing up for a project to go back to the moon by 2024... I think it's fair that we at least talk about it and have a conversation. What interests you more, going to the moon or going to the ocean? We're going to have plenty of time over the next few days, few weeks, few months to continue talking about the importance of COVID-19, exercising all the right procedures, your safety habits, wearing a mask, wearing a glove, honestly, if you want to take it that extra step and being safe and secure, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. But in this particular slice, just for the next several minutes, I just wanted to talk about this thing. Got this text message here. Deep sea shipwrecks in the Pacific and the Mediterranean are creepy. The moon is okay, but Mars is the ultimate goal for space exploration. 100% agreed. Shipwrecks, that those are what intrigue me. Right. Oh, those are amazing. Like Titanic creepy. stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and like Titanic is, is even less freaky because, you know, like they did the whole exploration. They saw the, the ship cut in half. Well, not cut in half, but like the way it's split in half. And they went down there. It's a little freaky, but I, I think what would be more creepy would be like old, old, old wooden ships. Yeah. Now, they, they probably all like rotten away. The wood's probably deteriorated at this point. I'm just saying. That would be the creepy but like stuff. like their cargo, like porcelain bowls mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Well, I don't know if it's made out of porcelain, but like things, items that we man created that litter the bottom of the ocean. That stuff intrigues me. Mm. John texting in. It's already been done, guys. James Cameron's, Cameron's already done it. Yeah, James Cameron loves that deep sea exploration stuff too. But I don't think we know all the secrets the ocean has. Don't think we've seen everything there is to know about it text here saying did you know that the bottom of the ocean is a portal to mars so these two things could be linked you want to get to mars go to the bottom of the ocean i'm pretty sure i saw something like that from what was it, the movie like pacific rim with the big robots fighting the big alien uh, creatures the, 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 the kaijus kaiju kaiju yeah. yeah 
Yeah. But I don't think it went to Mars. It was just from another dimension. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Facts only on this show. Nighthawk Steve, with the, we'll give him the final comment on this. He says, I would love to be able to dive onto the Titanic. Or I guess dive into the Titanic. Fair enough. 877-399-9898. What interests you more? The moon or the lurks? What, what Rather, what lurks at the bottom of the sea? This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Hey, welcome back. John Jang with you. In for Shane. We got Jason Manalis, our content producer. We've got Ray Luck, our technical producer. The three best friends that anyone could have. Maybe? Not so much? Working on it? <laughs> Should I even say anything? Nah, yeah, we're, we're cool. We're Facebook friends. Yay. <laughs> we're work friends. <laughs> yes. Well, we, we, I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. We're well, tight. formally, none of us have even shaken any of each other's hands. That's, well, no, that's true. I, I shook Jason's hand. Oh, okay. Well, yep. then you should, you should sanitize right now. <laughs> no, Jason, Jason promised that he had, uh, cleaned his hands and I cleaned my hands pretty thoroughly too. So, uh, I, I had no qualms shaking hands and that's the thing. Like you're, you're not supposed to, um, but like if you have witnessed somebody like use the hand sanitizer just before they offer your hand. I, I feel like it's you a pretty still would safe go for it? Yeah. Mm. What if the other person is like a germaphobe, is like Howie Mandel? Well, then like, I would like bow they, to them. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Howie Mandel. <laughs> Howie Mandel, it's such an honor to meet you, Bow. Yeah. That's awkward. Well, it's respectful. It's polite. Do you, st- well, when you get in an elevator, like, are you, if someone goes in an elevator, mm-hmm. are you going to go in right after them? Okay, so I live in an apartment building, so I yeah. do deal with this pretty often, where if I'm in the elevator and the door opens and somebody's, like, waiting to get in, yeah. I'll tell them, like, I don't mind. I, I wear my mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we stay, you know, as on the opposite end. So I don't, I don't mind. No. As long as they're comfortable with it, okay, fine. What if it's, like, okay, you and two of your family members, you're going in, there's, like, maybe one, there's usually one more spot, right? Right. In an elevator, typically max, they'll only accommodate for four. And two more people want to come in, so that puts five. No, that's just too much. You you would yeah, you would stop much. them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, hey, like, can you take the next one? And and most okay. people are like they they the thing about Canadians, and I love this too, is that we never want to be like rude, right? Mm-hmm. So like we'll always be extra polite when possible. Yeah. So it it hasn't really become uh, a major contentious point. I will say one time when I was in the elevator, this is early on in the year when uh, COVID nineteen was like really starting to close things down and all that. Uh, I did hear a like a racist remark when I was um, in the elevator, and and you know like I just kind of shrugged it off because I was like, well, it's a, it's a fact that like I know like more than half the people living here are also Asian. So if you got a problem with me, you are probably living in the wrong building. I'm just saying. So it, it'll happen. You know, we had this conversation with Charles Adler on Charles Adler tonight, right at the tail end of his show, talking about how, you know, we live in a great country, right? We live in, in such a beautiful, big, uh, great country. It's, there's so much freedom, so much liberties, but it's not a perfect place. And uh, certainly there, there, there's the reality that even me, um, I think of myself as like the most Canadian Korean guy that I know. Um, I, I still deal with that. And I know many other people deal with that. It's okay. You acknowledge the problem first. That's the best way to at least take steps into fixing that problem. We've had so many contributions about moon versus ocean. We have yet to hear from producer Jason. Jason, let's get you in on, in on this. Uh, where do you come out? Are you more curious about what's on the moon? Or are you more curious about what lurks in the unknown regions of the deepest, darkest areas of the ocean? 
I think for me, I'm gonna go with Ocean, and the reason is I've always been scared of like Mariana's Trench, the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean. I've always been scared because you just don't know what type of creature there's there. There can mm-hmm. there can be like a huge like dragon type monster <laughs> in that part, and we would never know. That's right. And the thing is because there's no uh, like vessel that is uh, that's made right now that can go that deep. Um, and it's just it's just scary to think about it. Like even when I think about it right now, I'm like, what if there's like a Godzilla type monster oh, that man. comes out of that deep part and just starts wrecking havoc? I'd be so scared. And I always think I'm like, what type of creatures are there? So I think like in terms of interest factor, I think the deepest part of the ocean for me is the winner in this in this PPV fight as Ray said. Fair enough. Fair enough. Those are solid. That's a solid answer. John actually texted in regarding the uh, the possibility that there's something very scary lurking at the bottom of the ocean. He said, before we see what's down inside Mariana's Trench, we should build giant robots that we can pilot just in case we disturb any of those giant <laughs> monsters. And he would say, he says he would love to pilot a huge robot just like we saw in the movie Pacific Rim. 100% because that's badass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I would love to. um, Yeah, I would love to see a giant robot in my lifetime. Like that's okay. I just said like I'm the most Canadian Asian guy that I know. It's an Asian thing, like a Japanese anime thing, to like have those giant robots, right? Like Gundam, whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be down for that. And you can just use that thing to go inside the deep, dark parts of the ocean, right? That should be able to handle some. If you got one of those though, hmm. going down to the Marianas Trench probably is not the cool. It's not the cool thing to do if you got a cool suit like that. Well, like if there is a giant monster, then you can just go and fight it. Be like, this is cool. True. Yeah. I mean, Iron Man. You don't see him. I'm gonna go to the bottom of the sea, but he's there fighting <laughs> terrorists and you know bad evil doers, right? Well, it seems yeah. like a very mundane thing compared to fighting evil. Well, that's you why the you need a great team working your reception, your secretaries. They need to make sure you're scheduling your workload out properly. Like, okay, Monday I gotta go stop like a nuclear threat. On Tuesday I gotta go down to Marianas Trench. I gotta go <laughs> fight this giant squid. Uh, Thursday, oh, day off on Thursday. That's kind of nice. Friday, okay, I gotta go save the world all over again. Like, you know, you gotta. It's it's division of labor. It's Tony Stark. He doesn't listen to scheduling. <laughs> well, he listens to Pepper, no? Pepper yeah, Potts? Yeah, the Pepper. Well, even she gets infuriated. Yeah, fair enough. Trucker uh, Trucker Brian in Alberta saying, I think I'd rather explore the deepest depths of our ocean because, <laughs> because if I scream, at least my mommy would be able to hear me. That's absolutely true. That's like the... Is, wasn't that the, the, the movie phrase line or, or whatever you call it, tagline? In like, space, no, no one, one can, can hear, hear you. you scream. Was that like a... Was that Jason in space? Oh, wait. You might be right. Yeah. Yeah, Is yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, we'll, we'll have to do some, like, Googling on that. <laughs> Jason but. in the Marianas <laughs> Trench. Jason versus, yeah, the monster, giant squid. It's, that's when they run out of ideas. It's just, hey, what horror uh, a villain do we have? Uh, let's just throw him in space. <laughs> Freddy Krueger in the Rockies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do it. You know, it'll be like one of those straight-to-DVD movies. Featuring well, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he'll be in there Absolutely. as like a random general. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like he's in that. I mean, financially speaking, I know why he's making these movies, but it's 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 that's his career now. He's just producing as many movies as he can because he's got to pay all those bills. Ah, uh, Nicolas Cage. What happened? Face Off, Con Air. It was so good. And then it all turned so sour so very quickly. Uh, we've got uh, this contribution from Dan saying, Google the Newt Suit. 
the newt suit. Okay, I'll have to give that a look. Uh, Catherine in Surrey says, Judge Dredd had a cool robot. You know, he was a cool robot, you know, in terms of, like, fighting and, and all that. Yeah, that's true. Even, like, RoboCop, uh, Terminator, you know, all those cool robots. But they're not giant. Like, that, that's the difference between, like, Pacific Rim and all those other ones. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Uh, we're going to take a quick moment here to talk with Andy Barrar. He's the freelance tech journalist at Futurithmic.com. And boy, it's, it's a big day for tech here. Andy, thanks so much for joining us here on the Shift. Oh, my pleasure, John. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, I'm going to start with, but you know what, let's, let's go right into the phones first, because uh, there's so much love for Apple these days. Obviously, it's a huge, huge day for them. Andy, am I mistaken? Did I hear that they unveiled not one, not two, four different phones today? That's right. Uh, Steve Jobs is probably rolling in his graves because he wanted to keep keep it just the iPhone, but uh, a lot has changed since uh, he's passed away. So you're right. Uh, Apple unveiled four new iPhones, all under the iPhone 12 banner. Um, and this is a really interesting year because typically they release it in September, but because of the pandemic, they had supply issues with their suppliers in, in Asia. So everything got pushed. So some of the phones are actually going to be released in October and the premium phones uh, and the newer phone will be released in November. So even Apple got hit because of the pandemic. And it will be interesting to see with the phones that they released if people are willing to pay that premium product for the newest Apple iPhone during a pandemic. And that is something that we'll be watching very closely. Well, make no mistake, right? I might not be using an Apple uh, iPhone right now, but it did revolutionize the world when the first iPhone came out. And all of a sudden, things had to be on, uh, you know, no buttons, for example. That was the biggest, uh, most innovative thing for me when I looked at the first iPhone. So give us a breakdown on what are some of the, uh, the, the new features and innovations that they've come out this year. And I hear that the big one, at least the one that's got most people buzzed, is, of course, 5G compatibility. That's right. So everyone's been waiting for iPhone to release a 5G compatible phone. And so they finally did with the iPhone 12. So all of these new phones that are coming out under the iPhone 12 banner are going to be 5G enabled. And it's 5G is something that I write about a lot. But we're, we're in this very interesting area right now in smartphone world because 5G is the biggest thing, but we don't have the 5G infrastructure rolled out yet. But we need 5G devices. So it kind of reminds me of what happened with 4K televisions. When we had the 4K technology, we just didn't have the 4K content. Mm. So all the manufacturers, not just Apple, but Samsung, Huawei, they're all coming out with these 5G phones. But the the truth of the matter is you're likely not going to get those 5G speeds for at least a couple of years until that that 5G network gets rolled out across uh, major cities. That's that. That's really funny because uh, you're you're dead on with the the 4K thing now. Like it's more common. Like people do have 4K uh, platforms at home, and now even Netflix. You know, you, you can you can pay a little more, I believe, in order to get 4K quality videos and movies and TV shows and all that. But I wonder if enough people realize what you're saying about 5G. Like you know, Apple's going to push it. They're going to market it. They're going to sell the heck out of it. I wonder how many people are going to you know get that new phone and be like, okay, well, where, where's my 5G? Like, uh, I bought this phone for the 5G. Where is it? What's going on here? 
Exactly. If you go online on YouTube, you can see some of the biggest like tech bloggers in the world. They'll get their hands on this 5G phone and then they'll go to like the one 5G tower they can find in their city <laughs> and, and, and stand underneath it to see the, the blazing feeds they have. But, you know, we're just not there yet. And like, trust me, I write a lot about 5G. It is going to change society, but we're just not there yet because a lot of it actually has to do with Huawei. When Huawei, you know, having all the issues that they have, they were the leader in 5G technology. And if they had their involvement, I think we would have moved faster. But, you know, 5G is the next big thing. And we have 5G phones. We just don't have the rollout of the 5G networks to take advantage of those speeds and of on course, those phones. Yeah, and of course, there's all that uh, the controversy. Pe- people don't want 5G. You know, they they're attacking satellites that are being put up, or not satellites, but oh. towers that are being worked on. Yeah, it's yeah, a- the kill birds. Uh, don't get me started on all the 5G conspiracy theories <laughs> online. I I, I I just shake my head. I'm like. This, this is not, there's nothing true about this. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's on the internet, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Oh. Yeah, yeah. If it's on your Facebook feed, then it must be true. Yeah, exactly. Speaking with Andy Berari, he's a freelance uh, tech journalist at futurhythmic.com. All right, that's, that's the big Amazon news of the day. The iPhone 12 models all coming out. And yes, it will have 5G. Whether or not you hate it, you love it, it's going to come with it. Another big day elsewhere in tech world, tech land, whatever we want to call it. And that is, of course, Amazon Prime day. It happens every year. Uh, It's going to last for the next couple of days. An opportunity for you to do some online shopping. What are some of the biggest items that people are trying to buy this year? Do we have an understanding of what maybe the most hottest uh, merchandise would be? Well, coincidentally, any Amazon product is uh, has a good deal on Amazon Prime Day. So if you want one of those Amazon Echo Dot speakers, those little tiny speakers that have Alexa built in, you can get that with an Amazon Smart Plug for only $35. That's a 67% savings. Um, and probably why Amazon decided in 2015 to have their own sale day you know like what other retailer can just turn around and say we're going to make a day Mm. for ourselves and uh what's interesting about this amazon prime is that typically it's in july but they moved it to october because of the pandemic and this is really going to disrupt the holiday shopping season which typically started on black friday so everyone and because everyone's staying at home and fearful about going outside Online shopping is just going to skyrocket this year for the holiday season. And I think a lot of people are just going to buy everything online, probably on Amazon, um, you know, and not go to the malls this holiday season. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I'll I'll tell you, I probably will not be venturing into a mall if I don't have to. And that's, again, just trying to be as careful as I can. But... I'll make a mental note. Yes, it is Amazon Prime Day. We're going to keep talking about it here for a few more minutes. But support local. You know, if you can, if you if you can buy exactly. some merchandise from a, a good local store, try and support them because clearly they need more help than Jeff Bezos. And, oh, boy, all the money that he's been making over the past few months. It is incredible. But you know what? It does get people excited. So Amazon Prime Day, it's going to last a couple more days. Uh, in terms of, like, how you can maybe combine these two things in terms of the Apple unleashing a new phone and Amazon Prime Day coming out uh, for, you know, I guess it's already started as of this morning. Uh, can you get, and I've never done this before, but you can probably buy like iPhones just straight off of Amazon. Uh, maybe not the new ones, of course, they won't be available yet, but like you can get even brand new phones off of uh, off Amazon for Prime Day and get it at a great savings, I would imagine. 
Yeah, they, they do have a lot of big savings. The one, the one thing that I'm trying to encourage a lot of people to, to purchase this year is to upgrade your home Wi-Fi network because oh. so many people are working at home and they, don't, they have poor Wi-Fi and you have so many devices now connected to that network. And there's a really good one from uh, Netgear. They have what's called a mesh Wi-Fi system. And basically, instead of just having a single router, you put these satellites in different floors of your house or in different rooms. And you basically create this like blanket of Wi-Fi everywhere. And I think that is something that a lot of people should upgrade. And there's some great savings um, on Amazon for these products. I even listed some on my website, handyandymedia.com. Um, but that is something you definitely want to upgrade is your home Wi-Fi network uh, this season, especially this holiday season, because the newest Wi-Fi technology, Wi-Fi 6, those routers are coming out right now. So there's lots of great oh. deals for the previous versions. And I would highly recommend people improve their Wi-Fi. It's such a great investment. Trust me, you will thank me later if you get better Wi-Fi at home. I think it's a very, very valid point. I know a lot of my friends uh, right now, they're, you know, they, they still struggle because they might be in basement suites and there's going to be dead zones based on the Wi-Fi setup that they have right now. So are these repeaters or like uh, the ones that you kind of like plug into the wall if you have an like, like, like a electrical outlet or is this sort of a, a different mm -hmm. system? No, no, it's very similar. You would basically plug it into the outlet. And instead, like we had a couple of years ago, these range extenders where they were trying to extend your range. Right. But they would create a different Wi-Fi network. So you might have one for your backyard and one for your, in your house. And then your devices get confused because it doesn't know which one to log into. This one keeps it as one Wi-Fi network. So it doesn't matter if you're upstairs, downstairs, in the garage or in the basement. You're under that same Wi-Fi network, which then means you can create a home server and whatnot. But um, it, it's just, it really pains me to go to people's houses and to see poor <laughs> Wi-Fi. And I'm like, we have the technology, people. I, I could set this up in about 10 minutes if I had the products on hand. Uh, you have better friends than I do because they don't even share Wi-Fi passwords sometimes. You know, they're, they're always looking out for themselves. you got to make sure they have all the, uh, the bandwidth and all the data to themselves. I have to, of course, pay for everything. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I do have some good friends. Uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on maybe looking into VR and get, like getting those Oculus headsets, if you will? Because I keep hearing that more and more people, even like next year, if COVID-19 is, is, is gone and even if it's done, there's still going to be a lot of people that are going to be working from home. So maybe having like a VR headset and creating like a virtual office, a virtual cubicle. I don't know why you would want to do it, but it's something that businesses are, are, are starting to think about right now. Well, not only in businesses, but you're seeing a lot of like senior care homes are, are taking advantage oh. of these VR headsets to, to kind of take somebody like on a virtual vacation where you could be on the beach. And that technology is, is getting like, you know, increasing year after year. When we get 5G technology, I guarantee you that is going to revolutionize VR. Because imagine if you've always wanted to go to the Super Bowl, but you can't afford a ticket. Mm. And now they have one seat at the Super Bowl right on the 50 yard line where you could put a VR headset at home and then see everything like you're right at in like Dallas Stadium right. and, and feel like you're there because 5G is going to be so fast that that latency will disappear. So it'll almost feel as you move your head around, you're getting everything in real time. So lots of potential for VR. You know, gaming is a, is a hard one because you're kind of by yourself. But um, that still might work. Gaming typically works when you're kind of like around with your friends, you have a case of beer and you're playing hockey. Um, it's a little different when you're playing on VR, when you're sitting by yourself in your parents' basement. <laughs> but, um, 
But there's a lot of different applications for VR. Even in offices, they're doing it so that if you have an orientation where you put a VR headset and it goes, oh, Julie sits over there and that's John's office. So that technology is going to change. It's not just going to be for gaming. We'll see a lot of different applications as well. That's really interesting. I have yet to go to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's a bucket list item for me. That would be amazing like to just say like yeah uh part of me guys i gotta step into my room because i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go to the super bowl right now like i don't bother me for like the next four hours because we're gonna be watching you know my favorite team for example like that's that's insane well that's why the nfl made all the stadiums 5g enabled so that when you do go inside wow. that stadium you're gonna have 5g speeds so you just you, you know like it's a good time to be an entrepreneur in the tech industry because the kind of companies uh in the future uh, aren't going to exist right now because we don't have that 5G technology. But once we do, you know, the next generation will come up with some crazy ideas of how to take advantage of those internet speeds. All right, I'm in the wrong industry. That is what you're telling me here tonight. Uh, that is good to know. Uh, Andy, before we let you go here, uh, two things. First, uh, is there anything else that maybe we should be keeping an eye on for now? Uh, yeah, well, if you are looking for some Amazon uh, deals, another great thing, I always tell people, like, I know all the good stuff to buy on Amazon and rechargeable batteries. If you need some rechargeable batteries at your home, the Amazon basic batteries are on sale. You can get like an eight pack of AA batteries for about $13. So uh, again, go to my website, handyandymedia.com. I have some links of uh, must-have tech products for Amazon Prime Day. All right, perfect. Uh, we will get on that one. And it is Good News Tuesday on the show. Uh, Andy, do you have any good news? It can be professional, it can be personal, it can be big or small, but let us know. That way we can celebrate you as well. Uh, good news. I was trying to do a fall crop, uh, so grow some vegetables. I had a really good COVID garden, and uh, my spinach is growing, so I guess that's, that's some good news. Hey. It's October, and I have spinach. There you go. That is great news. Uh, I have, I've never grown a single thing, so you are, you are already that much better than I am. So uh, congratulations, Andy. Hey, thanks so much for joining us tonight and uh, giving us some updates in the, uh, in the tech world, some exciting things coming out, and some big days for Amazon, for Apple. Appreciate the update. Oh, my pleasure. Any- Anytime.